Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee with your daily devotional. I'm going to read once again from Paul Tripp's New Morning Mercies. This is a daily devotional. If you don't own a copy of it, I want to highly recommend you get one. It is so encouraging, inspiring, uh, informative, all of those kinds of things. And uh, reading it is a treat and a treasure for me. And it just causes me to ponder more deeply um, the good news, the gospel of uh, Jesus Christ and his grace at work in our lives. Uh, This particular reading uh, begins with a statement today, you can give way to fear producing what ifs or rest in the sovereign care of your wise and gracious Savior King. I love that. He's going to end with a a reading from the book of Isaiah, which I'll I'll uh, read for you. Maybe maybe you want to grab your Bible and open to Isaiah chapter forty three uh, while you're listening to this. But here's what Paul Tripp has to say as he sets us up for reading that biblical text from Isaiah forty three. He says, "Here's the bottom line: If you're God's child, your life is never ever out of control." That's interesting because we've all probably at some point in our life felt like everything's out of control. Everything's going crazy. The world is nuts. My my life is nuts. My, my world is just spinning out of control, headed for the edge of the cliff or whatever. Well, here's the bottom line, says Paul Tripp. If you're God's child, your life is never, ever out of control. It's not spinning wildly in who knows what direction with no intelligent administration. It's not controlled by the hopeless inertia of impersonal determination or abstract luck. Yes, vast pieces of your existence are out of your control, beyond your power to alter, but you must not conclude that your life is out of control. That's great. There was that middle sentence. I'm going to read that one again because I really uh, I love the way he said that. Your life is not controlled by the hopeless inertia of impersonal determination or abstract luck. And so you can see if somebody thought that were the case, they might think uh, everything's just random collocation of atoms and chemicals and everything is out of control. There's no meaning, no purpose, no hope at all. And Paul Tripp's so good at at reminding us of this 100,000-foot view that God is actually sovereign. God is actually in control of every square inch of his universe, his creation, and that includes my life and yours. He goes on, there are two reasons for this. First, the story that is your life has been included by grace in the greater story of redemption. This story is about God's age-old commitment to call a people to himself, to fix everything that sin has broken, to conquer sin and death, to establish a new heaven and a new earth, and to invite all his children to live there in communion with him forever. So we're a forward-looking people, aren't we? Those of us that believe the gospel that have trusted in this sovereign God of all creation. Chip says, this huge story was set in motion before the earth was created. It is unstoppable and it will never have 
an end. Your inclusion in this story took place before you breathed your first breath. In fact, it took place before anyone breathed his or her first breath, because your story is woven into the fabric of the redemption story. There is meaning, purpose, and hope. I love that. I'm going to read that last sentence again. Because your story is woven into the fabric of the redemption story, and that's the story that God controls, the redemption story, right? Because of that, um, this is really important. There is meaning, purpose, and direction to every part of it. And that, of course, gives us all the hope we need. The inertia of redemption carries your story along. Hmm. The goal of redemption guarantees your destiny. <laughs> That's great. God will accomplish his purposes. God's will and his purposes, no matter what's going on right now, no matter how out of control things may seem or appear in this world, no matter which way the wind blows, no matter which way the election goes, no matter which way uh, the circumstances in our personal lives go, God is the one who's in control. The inertia of redemption carries your story along. The goal of redemption guarantees your destiny. The outcomes belong to God. The future grace of eternity, says Tripp, secures for you all the grace you will ever need in between. No, you won't understand all that you face. And yes, God's will will confuse you at points. But your story has been infused with meaning and purpose because it's been included in God's story of redemption and restoration. That is so beautiful. I love that. But the fact that your life is under control is even more personal than that. God has appointed his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be, quote, head over all things to the church. That's from Ephesians 1, verse 22. And Tripp goes on to say, right now, Jesus is ruling over all things. That means that every situation, every relationship, and location of your life is ruled by King Christ. You cannot be in a place that is not under his rule. I love this. Paul says elsewhere that he will continue to reign in this way until he has put all his enemies under his feet. That's from uh, 1 Corinthians 15. The phrase to the church is better translated for the church. This means that not only is everything under the careful rule of the risen Lord Jesus, and not only does he sit and rule at the right hand of the Father on high, but he expedites his rule for his people. In other words, he rules over all things for your help and benefit. He rules over all things so his grace can finish its work in you unabated. You see, the promises of his grace are only as secure as the extent of his rule. His story is unstoppable. His rule is benevolent. There is grand and gracious control over every aspect of your life. And that's a, that's a great daily devotional from, from Paul Tripp. Um, 
a great reminder that the outcomes belong to our God, um, that the goal is always a part of his redemption story. And no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in my life, we can trust God. It goes, uh, he, 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 it goes all the way back, way back. We can see this through history, the faithfulness of God, the sovereignty of God. And as Paul Tripp uh, recommends in this book, New Morning Mercies, um, under this day's reading, uh, Isaiah 43 uh, is a section from the uh, uh, 8th century BC prophet Isaiah. And uh, he talks about a, a, the Lord in similar kinds of terms. Listen to this. This is Isaiah 43. I'll read verses 1 through 13. That's what Paul Tripp has recommended to accompany the uh, daily devotional that we just read. And uh, then I'll close this in prayer. Now, this is what the Lord says, the apostle, uh, I mean, the uh, prophet Isaiah says, the one who created you, Jacob. And so he's prophesying, uh, living as he does in the southern part of Israel. It's called Judah. And um, uh, back in the 8th century BC, as I said. So he says, this is what the Lord says, the one who created you. And Jacob is usually the, the way that he would address Israel. And, and often right on the heels of that, he'll say, he'll clarify and say Israel. So this is what the Lord says, the one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Now we could just camp out right there. Isaiah 43, 1. We could just camp out right there. That's a, that's a verse that we should all have written on a notebook or on a, in a journal or on a wall somewhere so we just don't ever forget what that says. This is what the Lord says. The one who created, your creator, the one who formed you, do not fear. Why? For I have redeemed you. That's the Lord speaking. I've called you by your name. In other words, he knows your name and he's called you by name and he's done that with a purpose to redeem you. Mm, so beautiful. And then just to cap it all off and the way it's sealed, you are mine. Notice how that runs contrary to the way the world that we live in right now thinks. Right now, the way the world thinks that we live in is you are yours. In other words, I belong to myself, you belong to yourself. Now, the Bible does not teach that at all. The Bible believes teaches that we, God's people, belong to God. And we are here for his will, for his purposes, for his delight, for his joy. He says, I love these words of great comfort. I'm going to read the rest of it a little quicker than I just read that first verse. But I will be with you. What a great promise. When you pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When uh, um, you pass through the fire, you will not be scorched. The flame will not burn you. So whether you're, you know, water and fire, two opposites and extremes, great joy or, or, or difficult times. Either way, we belong to him. Either way, his presence is with us. I will be with you, verse two begins with. I love that. For I, Yahweh, verse three, your God, the Holy One of Israel and your Savior give Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba in your place because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. 
God says, I will give you, I will, I will give people in exchange for you, the nations instead of your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east, gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. To the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far away, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone called by my name and created for my glory. I have formed them. Indeed, I've made them. Bring out a people who are blind, yet have eyes, are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations are gathered together and the peoples are assembled. Who among them can declare this and tell us the former things? In other words, who can explain all that's gone on in human history? God's the one who's ultimately in charge. Who thinks they can step up and say that? What nations can be at odds with God? And Egypt here represents that, a people that are at odds with God. They've worshiped other gods. And he's, he's just showing how he will be faithful to those who call upon the name of the Lord. And he's going to call his people. He's going to gather his people. Verse 6, um, I'll say to the north, give them up to the south. Do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far away, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone called by my name and created for my glory. I've formed them, yet in, indeed I've made them. Bring out a people who are blind, yet have eyes, are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations are gathered together. The peoples are assembled. Who among them can declare this and tell us the formal things? Let them present their witnesses to vindicate themselves so that my people may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses. This is the Lord's declaration. And my servant whom I've chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. No God was formed before me and there will be none after me. That's so powerful. I, I am Yahweh. Here's the Lord speaking very clearly, revealing his personal name to his people, to those who will call upon the name of the Lord, to those who will surrender to him. And there is no other savior but me. I alone declared, saved, and proclaimed and not some foreign God among you. So you are my witnesses. This is the Lord's declaration, and I am God. Also from today on, I am he alone, and none can deliver from my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? And this is just a powerful chapter, Isaiah 43. You can continue to read the rest of it if you like. But here's God just very boldly declaring who he is and who uh, the people are that belong to him and what they can count on when it comes to his faithfulness, his power, his power to save, his power to redeem, to rescue. And he's unique. There may be other people pointing to other kinds of gods. There may be others who reject the one true and living God who is there. Um, but his salvation is on offer to you today and to me. Um, his redemption, his redeeming power, his power to not just save us e eternally from the fires of hell, but to actually redeem and rescue our lives, even right now, to be walking in the redemption, in his redeeming grace. That's on offer to you. That's on offer to me. And I pray that for you and for me today. May the Lord God himself reveal himself to you 
as you walk with him today. Amen? Amen. Have a great day. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey. Thank you.